Thank you, Erica. In case you missed it, I'm going to say it one more time. You'll probably hear me say it at the end of the message as well. July 12th, uh, it's part of our, our, our phase to begin introducing worship again in person. Uh, we don't have any details yet from Cobb County regarding our school or you know where we rent. In case you're watching online, you don't know what we're talking about here. Uh, we rent a public school uh, for our church. Um, but we're going to work towards having an outdoor service on July 12th. And I got to tell you, I can't wait to see all of you. Uh, we've missed you. We currently miss you. And we're really looking forward to a time of, uh, of powerful worship together on July 12th. More details to come. But uh, now you know. Mark your calendars. Guys, I know, I know this is a, a difficult time in our country. And for many of you, uh, it has, it's a heavy time. And it's a painful time. Uh, you're sorting through difficult conversations. You might have very uh, strong feelings and opinions, pain, uh, every range of emotion. And I want to say something to you here that I've said before, um, but it just, it needs to be said. And that's that we're going to get through this. I want to say it again, and I want you to hear it loud and clear. And you may need to say it in your living room or your bed or wherever you're watching service from. We are going to get through this. If you're having a difficult time right now, I want to encourage you not to give up. Don't give up trusting God today. If your heart is broken right now, I'm graciously appealing to you, don't give up on God today. Don't give up trusting Him. Don't give up praying. If, ang- if you're angry right now, I want, to, I want to encourage you. I want to appeal to you. Don't give up trusting today. Don't give up letting God move. We're going to get through this. God is not finished working inside of me, and He's not finished working inside of you. And consequently, that means He's not finished working through us. There, is, there, are, there are great things that God is doing. Some we see, some we don't. But understand, don't give up. God is at work. God is is faithful. Trust him today. Amen. Turn to Mark chapter 7 in your Bibles today. Let's get into the word. We're going to talk about some of the things that we're going through right now as a nation. We're going to talk a bit about the the, the spiritual implications of this right now. Here's what Jesus is saying uh, in Mark chapter 7, 14 through 23. He's talking to a crowd of people and they don't really understand, you know, the, 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 they don't understand sin. They don't understand holiness. They don't understand purity. They don't understand what it means to be born again, like we, like we read about in the scriptures, to be made new. And this is what Jesus has to say. He says, Jesus called the crowd And he said, listen to me, everyone, and understand this. Nothing outside a person can defile them by going into them. Rather, it is what comes out of a person that defiles them. After he had left the crowd and entered the house, his disciples asked him about this uh, this parable. Jesus says, are you so dull? 
Don't you see that nothing that enters a person from the outside can defile them? For it doesn't go into their heart, but into their stomach and then out of the body. In saying this, Jesus declared all foods clean. And he went on and he says, what comes out of a person is what defiles them. For it is from within, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come. Sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All these evils come from inside and defile a person. Now, what you may not know is Jesus is, he's addressing some of the the tensions that exist with the teachers of the law. They're called the Pharisees, and Jesus has been healing, and miracles have been taking place, literally jaw-dropping, holy smokes, run-and-get-your-neighbor kind of miracle. And then his disciples come to this, this moment where, where they're, they're needing to have their hands washed, or according to the teachers of the law and the rules that they have created and instituted, there are certain ceremonial laws of hand washing and hand cleansing that are supposed to take place. And his disciples don't abide by them. And so the disciples are, are I mean, the, 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 the teachers of the law and the Pharisees are stirring up trouble here because they don't understand why the disciples aren't abiding by all these rules and all these laws. And Jesus is helping them understand that true purity doesn't come from you washing your hands in a certain way. Now, before we unpack this. Wash your hands, okay? Everybody wash their hands right now. I think we could all agree that that's really good advice. But even washing your hands doesn't make you righteous and holy and pure on the outside. Something else has to happen. And what Jesus is saying, it's all these behaviors And all of these things that we do on the outside to orchestrate holiness and purity and righteousness, ultimately, at the end of the day, the source of of you living right has to come from God and it has to come from your heart because it's out of the heart that evil ultimately comes. And the, 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 the Pharisees and the people of the day in this moment were always looking for these, these outward things. It was always the something out there. That out there needed to be fixed and that out there needed to be changed. And you know what? They weren't inherently wrong. Sometimes there are things out there that have to be fixed. Many times that's the case. But it has to begin in the heart. It has to start in the heart. It has to be sustained in the heart because ultimately it's what comes out of the heart that's wicked. It's what comes out of the heart that's evil. It's what comes out of the heart that's unholy. And therefore, it's the heart that has to change. The issue is, and has always been the heart. Let me read this one more time. What comes out of a person is what defiles them. Mark 7. What comes out of a person 
For it is from within, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come. He goes on a, a long list. All these evils come from inside and defile a person. See, what are those things? Anger, rage, immorality, jealousy, apathy, envy, greed, and as we're dealing with right now, racism. You need to hear this. Racism is sin, and racism is wicked. But if we try to solve an inward problem with outward solutions, we're going to find ourselves right back where we started in 10 years, 15 years, and 20 years, because what we need is a miracle in the heart. We cannot fix inward problems with outward solutions. Now, I need to be very clear with you. Part of pursuing Jesus, as mentioned in last week's message, is pursuing his heart for justice and righteousness. That has to be said. We have to be able as Christians to say that this is right and this is wrong. And we want to see these things pursued in our our cities and in our communities and in our governments. We want to see righteousness upheld. We want to see justice established. But the true sustaining power of that is a people who have been transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside. This is what we desperately need. The issue is, and the issue has always been, the heart. And the heart is wicked apart from Christ and what Jesus has done for us. We need a miracle right now. Now, I, I drive a Kia Sorento, <laughs> a real wild man's car, okay? But one of the things that wasn't working properly in my car recently was my oil light. It wasn't functioning properly at all. And it had been a long time since I'd had an oil change. And just in the busyness of life, I hadn't been paying attention. And it occurred to me, I haven't had this oil change in a really long time. And I, so I took it into the shop. And sure enough, the light that was indicating that something needed to change, it wasn't working right. And as I was sitting there in the shop, I was literally sitting next to different people, you know, waiting for my car to get, to get fixed and to get finished and you know, talking to different people. It just occurred to me. In many ways, this light that, that, that comes on in my car, it's a great, it's a decent parallel as to what's happening right now in our culture. Because the light in and of itself tells me that something is wrong, something is amiss, something needs to change, something needs an adjustment. You need to be paying attention to this. Ding, ding, ding. The light is going off. The flashing light says, warning, Will Robinson, something is amiss. And when we look at the law of the land and when we look at the law in scriptures, even moral law, the law is designed to tell us that we are stepping over 
that something is not right, that this is, there is an injustice, an infraction, a violation. That's what happens when the light goes off. That's what happens when you cross over that which is established as right and wrong. But interestingly enough, the law doesn't have the ability to change a human heart. The light on my car doesn't have the ability to change the real problem. It indicates what the problem is. It tells me that something needs to be changed. It tells me that something needs to be new. And so I take the car in and I get brand new oil put in so that the engine will function properly. The law points me to Jesus. It points me to one who can actually help, to one who can change me on the inside because the law is actually powerless to change me. It's deficient in that. Oh, it points me in the right direction. It lets me know that something is wrong. But it cannot change me on the inside. Only Jesus can do that. As we look at culture right now, you would think that in thousands of years of human history, that we would have been able to, by now, to have established a perfect system of righteousness and justice by which we can abide by. And we keep adding laws and we keep creating policy and we keep creating systems. And some of it is good and some of it has been terrible and some of it has been righteous and some of it has been wicked. And even in all of it, you would think by now that we would have created some kind of utopia that we can all abide by. And I want you to hear this. The reason we haven't and the reason we cannot is because laws in and of themselves, while we need them, while they point us in the right direction, while they show us a mirror of what we believe as a society to be right and wrong, they in and of themselves don't have the ability to change someone from the inside out. Prophet Ezekiel has much to say to us in this moment. If you know much about Israel's history in the book of Ezekiel, they're going through it in one of the darkest chapters of their history as a people. Jerusalem, their very capital, is burning. It's destroyed. There's such a depression and a discouragement. They have lost their national identity. They've lost their way. There is oppression and injustice being... uh, Uh, experience from outside foreign powers, Assyria, uh, Persia at the time, Egypt. There's uh, injustice and oppression happening from within the people uh, group themselves. I mean, at every turn, there's difficulty. No one knows which way to turn. And Ezekiel the prophet speaks on behalf of the Lord in Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 24. And this is what he has to say. This is what God says to his people. He gives a a big run up to it and he says, Then the nations will know that I am the Lord, declares the sovereign Lord. When I am proved 
holy through you before their eyes. For I will take you out of the nations. I will gather you from all the countries and bring you back into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. Verse 26, and I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. And then you will live in the land I gave your ancestors. You will be my people and I will be your God. See, Israel is lost. And in this moment, it's not to say that there's not work to be done in the structures or in their relationships. Oh, there's tremendous work, righteous work and worthy work to be done. But what God is saying to them is that because of my name, the glory of my name that you represent as a people, I'm going to do a work inside of you. I'm going to give you a new spirit. I'm going to work something inside of you that creates newness. The light has been going off. You recognize something is wrong. But what you need is a miracle on the inside, and I'm going to do that. My paraphrase says the Lord in Ezekiel chapter 36. And Jesus is the fulfillment of that when we see in the New Testament, when he speaks of being born again. When Paul talks about putting your faith in Jesus and confessing that Jesus is Lord, turning away from sin, that you're a new creation, that you've been made new. Well, what does it mean to be new? It means that you have a, a new heart and a new spirit. The area of your heart or the entirety of your heart that's hard, that's stone, that's rocky, God does a miracle in it and he makes it soft and he makes it flesh. He does something new. Because ultimately, our deepest problem is that of sin. It's that of holiness, and only God can solve it. Satan, in this moment, and I truly believe this, would have us fight some of the wrong battles. Oh, there are problems that we need to address, and we need to fight to see fixed righteousness justice, truth. But Satan would have people, Christians, cities and communities fighting against one another. Nothing would make him happier than the comment section in social media to be so filled up with just vicious attacking of one another. Poison in our hearts. Division, division, division. Satan's plan has always been the destruction of your heart and the division of God's people. 
And I want you to hear this. If you're not careful, you will find yourself getting stuck fighting some of the wrong battles. The true battle that you have to wage war on first is the battle in your heart. And this is why Paul says in Ephesians 6 that our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. There is a spiritual fight happening for the condition of your heart. And if we want to see healing in our land, it begins by us having healing in our hearts. I'm going to say that again. If we want healing in our land, we have to begin with healing in our hearts. We've got to deal on the inside so that we can deal on the outside. Some of you have put your faith in Jesus, but you've allowed the tenderness of your heart to become hard again. You've allowed that, that, that place in your heart to become rocky. There's a spiritual fight that you've got to have right now. Some of you are filled with rage and anger, and I'm not telling you how to feel in this moment, but I am telling you that you've got to have a fight in your heart to get whole and to get right before the Lord. It's got to happen. Otherwise, we will spend all of our days fighting people rather than working to fight through the problems. And the first problem is and has always been sin in our heart. We've got to get right with God. Ephesians 6, 14 says, Stand therefore. Having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Having girded your waist with truth, like a soldier. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Having shod your feet, lacing it up with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And the Bible, my Bible says, and above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. This is how we stand together. I put on the, the belt of truth. I put on the breastplate of living right and holy before God, the peace that only comes right from the gospel that has been at work in my heart. And I pick up the shield of faith, and sometimes it is exhausting to pick it up again. And I'm encouraging you today, don't give up. If you are hearing me from your bedroom, your living room, your car, your podcast, 
Don't give up picking up the shield of faith and putting it in front of you and believing the best and believing for God to move and believing for God to do miracles and believing for him to work in your heart and believing to forgive and believing to understand and to be heard and to listen and to believe for justice again and to believe for righteousness again and to believe that God can still work in the impossible areas because we serve a God who is the God of the impossible. Pick up your shield of faith today and let's get to work. And somebody said amen from wherever they're watching from. It's time that the people of God stand up. Yes, we believe for what's right in this city. Yes, we believe for justice to be established, but it begins with faith and faith in Jesus Christ that he and he alone can fix the human heart. That means we've got to repent. That means my finger has to stop pointing at everything else and it begins by pointing at me and saying, God, have your way. Start with me. I repent of my sin before you. I turn away from that which is wicked and that which does not represent you. God, work inside of me. Give me a new heart and give me a new spirit. That's what we're after, church. that's what we're after. Pick above all else, pick up the shield of faith. Don't you give up right now. Don't you give up. You have been gifted with the ministry of reconciliation. Don't give up. We need you right now. The church needs you right now. Our cities and our communities need you right now. Father, be with us in this moment. God, wherever we're watching from, I pray that the Spirit of God would move. Sitting in our tables and our couches, laying in our beds, watching service, I don't care, Lord, where service is being watched from. I care, Holy Spirit, that you would move in the hearts of men and women. Move in teenagers that are watching. Move in children. Move in moms and dads. Move in families. Move in roommates. Move right now, Lord. Let the Spirit of God move and bring, bring fresh life in this moment. If you, Wherever you're watching from, if you know, you say, I have just, my heart feels poisoned right now. My heart feels heavy right now. I've got anger in my heart. I've got unforgiveness in my heart. I've got finger pointing and judgment in my heart. If this is you, take this moment and invite the Holy Spirit into your heart. Say, Jesus, thank you that you came and lived for me. You did the impossible. You lived a perfect life. And you died for my sin, that I might be a new creation. That I might be made new on the inside out. Fill me with the Spirit of God today. 
fill me with your peace today. I turn from anything that doesn't honor you in this moment. I choose to live for you. Amen. Amen. I believe God is ministering to us right now, church. I believe He's ministering to you. Let God have His way. Let Him have His way today so that He can continue to have His way not only on the inside, but then on the outside. Appreciate you tuning in today. If there's ministry that needs to happen for you, we have people literally in real time at our website who would be happy to to walk with you, to pray with you, to talk with you. You can go to highpointatl.church. You can text uh, HP new to 97,000. You can text HP info to 97,000. We got people all over the place who are believing the best for you. Don't, don't let this moment pass you by. I love you. I look forward to seeing you right here next week. Thank you.